At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Tonight, I can report to the American people and to the world that the United States has conducted an operation that killed Osama bin Laden. Where we continue to follow the capture and killing of Osama bin Laden now. Those are just some of the scenes overnight as thousands of Americans gathered in celebration of Osama bin Laden's death. Former Navy SEAL Rob O'Neill says he has thought about the mission every day since that May Day in 20. From multiple conversations you had with Rob O'Neill over the past year and a half, how'd you get And you described that his head kind of exploded yes. when you hit I, him. Yes, I actually hit him three times because I shot him twice when he was standing and once on the ground. That is the fucking American badass. We are not going for fame and we are not going for bravado. We are going for the single mom who dropped her kids off at elementary school on a Tuesday morning, and then 45 minutes later, she jumped to her death out of a skyscraper. If you need help, hang up and then dial your operator. I'm Rob O'Neill, and this is the Operator Podcast. Welcome back to the Operator Podcast. Uh, this is episode 70. Nothing funny about that. Just this is the 70th episode. I'm Robert J. O'Neill, former Navy SEAL. Lots to talk about today. Again, I did want to get into the trip to Mexico for mental health. Mental health's a big one, but uh, not right now. Again, I want to give myself more time, a little more research and whatnot, but there's a lot of people out there that uh, could use it, myself included. It helped. It's really good. Took a little trip to Mexico where I said uh, we can't do it here even though we should, but we don't because uh, the treatment's not allowed because it's uh, it's it, is really good at curing, and nobody wants the cure here. They want, they want to um, keep the uh, treatment going. They want to keep you afraid so they can make money, which gets us into quite a bit of trouble. Um, what I want to discuss today, I was asked uh, about my background here. My background, if you can, if you're watching, you can see those two guitars back there, right over there. I'm pointing. If you're not watching, imagine a guy pointing. Um, those are two. Guitars signed by some people from the Hall of Fame that you've heard of. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, really cool. Um, I am not a guitar player. I have very little artistic creativity, but fortunately for me, I know people who do. So that's good. That's what those are back there. Um, I think what I would like to talk about, even though I want to get away from it, is um, obviously what's happening still in the Middle East and why it's important to you. What's happening here because of what's happening in the Middle East and why it's important to you. What's happening with political decisions that are apparent with policies and lack of borders, why it goes certain ways, how that's important to you, and more importantly, um, why it's important to your kids and your grandkids, your children's kids if and when they have them eventually, because it's it's starting to come home, and we're starting to see a lot of it, a lot of the effects where someone has an idea to help them get elected. And so they 
they politic on that idea. They campaign on that and those ideas, and they stick with them until the proof comes out and the truth comes out. And that's the issue. Is um, and, and uh, you see a lot of people now because it's always an election season, like I mentioned, are promising you all kinds of stuff. Like someone says, "You elect me, and I promise to save the world, and I'll forgive your student debt, and I'll do this, and you won't know anything. We'll all have flying cars, and it'll be wonderful." And they'll say that shit, but they can't really do it. And then. If, um, some people come around and uh, just say the truth, not necessarily politicians, but anyone who says the truth gets kind of labeled and you can get canceled because freedom of speech is pretty much dead and the monopoly is definitely on the left. Um, if you're on the left, you're going to be fine. Well, you usually be fine. A lot, of, I mean, a lot of classic liberals are coming out and talking about um, realities of what's actually happened. Even, even, uh, Bill Maher, who's a comedian, hosts uh, Real Time. He's he's hosted shows before. I think he's funny as hell. Very, very talented dude. Smart guy. Um, he does documentaries and things, but he's an Ivy League educated dude, and he said if he had any advice for people today at that age, don't go to school because it makes you stupid. And that's a pretty good rant that he goes on about that because he's just telling the truth. And some classic liberals, Bill Maher, Piers Morgan, People like that that are just seeing nonsense and they're they're calling it out, um, but telling the truth a lot of times gets you, you know, picked on, and uh, canceled, and yelled at. Not necessarily yelled at. My me personally, I've never been yelled at in person, but a lot of times on uh, the screens, and 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 for some reason, people let that bother them. Don't let that bother you, man. I mean, if, if it comes down to it, um, you know, don't read the comments or turn off the comments or whatever. Uh, I had some advice from someone who's very famous on Instagram, says that he has someone go through, someone, because he's got so many comments, just go through and have them delete the negativity because uh, mob mentalities out there, even online, especially online, actually, and if someone sees a negative comment on your social media for some reason, that spurs negativity and he so you know he'll have dudes go through there and um just delete it so it doesn't need to be there it doesn't need to manifest and it doesn't fucking matter anyway right with some with somebody that and and consider the people yelling at you and i'm not i did go left on the beginning here because um they have the monopoly on everything um uh both sides consider the person if, like if you <laughs> i i'm i've done it too but i mean think about the person a lot of them are bots too a lot of them are created just to just to uh, troll and troll comes from fishing you know like you fish you troll you catch a fish to get bites and shit like that uh and i've i've uh after one too many i've got in arguing matches and, and a lot of times when i'm arguing I, I try to be funny i think it's funny but you know i'm guilty of calling someone out or calling someone stupid or whatever we're all guilty of it but consider the professional um bot what they look like in person you're not going to, in person, you're not going to hear shit from them. You're not going to even notice them. So don't don't take that seriously. What's that, my favorite quote? I've said it before. I've butchered it before. But you'd stop caring what people think of you if you realized how little they actually do. And again, that's my own advice, too. It's easy for me to say. It's another thing for me to think it. It's easy for me to say to you. Another thing for you to apply it. But you don't need to worry about who's uh, who's yelling at you. But, um, um, you know, I've been... I've been Criticized a little bit on social media, saying uh, what I think is happening with the Palestinians, with the infiltration of what's going on there, how it's not. I mean, it's there's a lot of things involved with that. I mentioned how there's not just that ideology, but other anti-West, anti-American, anti-Israel uh, 
types are crossing our southern border. And I've had people on the Internet say um, that I'm just uh, triggered and I'm Islamophobic. All right. First of all, I don't get triggered. I think that's stupid. Um, if, if you're listening to something that bothers you, stop listening to it. If, I mean, if you're listening to something or, or reading something or watching something that you, with, you disagree, um, if you can't retort, turn it off. If you can, listen and then uh, come up with, a, with an argument that's intriguing, you know? Um, it's, it, it's cool to hear someone out and then give them your, your response. How do you respond to it and uh, go from there? But, if, I mean, if you just get um, violently angry and start yelling nonsense, which you see a lot of, um, I, I don't I don't know what's going on. And, and you know, when I get called Islamophobic or a ph- I, don't, I don't like them saying phobic. I'm not afraid of these fucking people. Are you kidding me? I've, I've met them before. Um, it's not a phobia. I just a lot of times I just think you're an idiot um, or I don't like what you're doing. I'm not afraid. Um, so don't, don't say phobic of anything. I, um, and it's, you know, every, you ever, you notice two people like you've seen Hillary Clinton when she ran for president the 13th time or whatever that she's still around. Um, she'll say, uh, Islamophobe and homophobe and transphobe. And it's always phobe. It's like, I'm not a phobe. I'm not phobe like arachnophobe. Like, okay. I'm not afraid of spiders. I, I don't. I don't like roaches. I like spiders. Spiders are good. They get rid of the other stuff too. How about a praying mantis? Praying is is the plural of that a praying manti, like like hippopotami, or a bunch of walrus should be walri. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I'm just what, whatever. I mean, there's no phobia, but I'm just trying to. Sometimes I try to point out stuff to people that I'm not. I you know, and and I'm not worried about me. I'm just trying to say that you should be concerned about the future. I mentioned spending. I mentioned policies of, of people like uh, Joe Biden, President Biden in this administration right now is uh, a lot of people in politics, a lot of the old dinosaurs in, in, in D.C. don't really care about the policies now because they want to get elected again. And by the time these policies pan out, by the time the uh, our economy gets absolutely destroyed, crushed, they're not going to be around. Your kids are probably your grandkids definitely are. And uh, that's just that. Um those are those are some of the points that I try to make, and I want to get away from it. Like I said, I don't want to just sit here and talk about this. I really want to be positive. I wake up every day, and it's a great day now, especially trends, uh, especially since the treatment that I did in Mexico with the ibogaine, with the the psychedelics, which are just insane, awesome. They need to be explored. I need to talk about that in depth because I think a lot of people could use it too. I mean, you know, talk about like the summer of love in San Francisco and all that stuff when they. Uh, got into a big park and someone was on stage and they all took allegedly what they called really good acid and it's a summer of love and they kind of whatever and it was like a a thing i um i i've heard stories of 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 dudes that worked together different branches of the military that had experiences in combat not dealing with it well and they all like some of them probably didn't even get along together uh but they all went on this ibogaine trip to well, the trip to Mexico and then the trip there. And they left as, um, I guess, really, really good friends. And that's cool, man. Taking the, taking the trip together and, and realizing hopefully what's important. That's what it did for me. Showed me what's important. I've been saying before I began that you need to keep your circle tight. Like, social media is not normal because you're not supposed to have that many friends. 
Uh, you're supposed to have a tight circle, keep them tight. And the realization of the person who the person who's screaming at you about an idea is probably not somebody that you really want in your circle. You know, it's, it is someone that listens, understands, and if you do something wrong, they interject a little bit, which I agree with that too. And and I'm, <laughs> trust me. Uh, I've had people tell me this is wrong and, and you should consider changing it. That's And that's the way I think about it too. If someone's being honest and you're actually screwing up, which I've done. I mean, you've screwed up too. Don't, don't think I'm just sitting here looking great, feeling great, uh, thinking I didn't ever screw up. I have screwed up and people have told me. And I blew it off a bunch of times. I took it serious this time. Um, and it's okay. It's okay. If someone loves you and they, and, but, but don't, you know, not the holier than thou type shit. Like I've always said, uh, cause, um, you ever heard of an intervention? I have, uh, I've never had an intervention. I've had people intervene and suggest things, but I've always said if, well, I mean, if it comes to that, I guess I'm kind of arrogant. Cause if I walk into a room and, and all of a sudden it's, uh, it's a surprise party, but it's not for a birthday. And there's eight people sitting there staring at me. And it's an intervention. My initial reaction is going to be, well, you're fucking fired. You're fired. You're fucking fired. And you're fired. Beat it. But if, if it's, you know, don't just surprise me with that shit. Maybe you're the same way. But tell me about that. What do you think about all that stuff? But yeah, you should. Um, if you are screwing up, uh, it's okay to be told. Just don't, don't. You, I think if you force someone to do something, it's not going to work out well. If you, if you, it, it, it comes to a point where it's all about you, and you need to decide for yourself. But, um, so we need to talk more just about about the stuff going on overseas and and uh, how it affects everything. I get I get asked a lot, um, why would there be U.S. special forces in Israel? And um, they mentioned specifically Delta Force and SEAL Team 6. Those two names come up all the time because that's our two Tier 1 units in the United States. The reason they would be there, I'm going to be very careful because I'm, I'll be damned if I'm going to give anybody any any insight that could be used against them. But the reason that those two, I mean, it's not a secret that those two units, their primary missions are to rescue American hostages. And there are Americans that were captured by those savages called Hamas. So they should be there. And the only reason they didn't hit those targets, well, one of the reasons is because that's Israel right now. They own they own the um they own the battle space. So assistance is going to be there and then and then tactics. I mean, Delta and and SEAL Team 6 are very experienced right now. And even down to the guys, um, the newer guys at those units, I don't have a ton of experience with Delta. But I know that we're, we're designed similarly. Even the most junior guy, I will use SEAL Team 6 for an example. The most junior guy there that just finished selection, so he'd probably be like the seventh dude in his team of seven shooters, not to include, you might go with more guys, um, and I won't call them support, just different uh, assets from different units. And the way the Tier 1 units work are a little bit different because some people that you would consider Tier 1 are not Tier 1. It doesn't really matter to me. You do get associated with different people, and then you have the best of the best supporting, the best of the best in communications and in medical and in flight and in air crew and stuff like that. But uh, a team would, I would say, the, the the junior dude in that team, so number seven, right out of selection, he's probably, as a Navy SEAL, has six years experience as a Navy SEAL at a conventional SEAL team. And that's part of the 
a process to get there. There's a long, long process to get to SEAL Team 6. And you need one of which is to be at a conventional SEAL team for a number of years. It might be five, um, usually about six years. And then you need to get approved by that team to represent them in a selection course. And I believe I've covered that before, what the selection process is, all of the tactics, the advanced, tac- the advanced tactics and the like, um, uh, give or take a year of selection, and then you get into a team. So the junior guy there is senior, and he would be running a platoon, a platoon chief probably, a leading petty officer at the very least, at a conventional team. And the conventional teams are the ones you hear about. On the West Coast, there's one, three, five, seven, two, four, eight, ten. On the East Coast, even odd, very, very simple. You know, I always tell people not just a hat rack, keep it simple. That's that's what that is. So the junior guy there will really know what he's doing, and then Delta is similar to that. They've got different uh, selections. I'd love to hear more about their selection. When I do an interview, I'd love to interview a Delta guy um, just to know their selection. They got they've got different shit than we do, than we did, than they do. I'm not we anymore. Uh, people always say once a seal, always a seal. I say no. I stopped being a seal in 2012. I was a seal. Now I'm not. It's just that simple. I mean, I was in high school, and now I'm not. I don't go around saying, once a senior, always a senior. No, that shit ended in 1994 when I graduated. Last hard class at Butte Central. Butte, Montana, thank you very much. Butte Central Catholic High School. You heard me. Um, But that's how they do it now, and it's very, very difficult. I would love to hear their selection. I've heard a little bit about it. I've worked with Delta guys, complete studs. Um... But those are the tier one units. And basically, the major difference is um, we are Navy, and then they are Army. But they take, they take. Um, I think they'll take people from any um, service once you cross to the Army. I could be wrong. Please correct me if I am. Uh, as I've said before, there are, there are people out there that play Call of, Call of Duty, and they know more about guns than I do. I'm not making that up. So there are people that know shit that I don't because uh, – I got uh, I got out of the biz eleven years ago. If I, if my math is correct, we're gonna get into math later too. So grab your pads and pencils if you still know what the hell that is. Uh, and then you know on that too, I uh, I get um, someone like I'll hear these interview for, interviews from people on the internet and and blogs. Do they have blogs anymore? Blogs and they call them another pod. Everyone has a podcast. I got a podcast. It's the Operator episode seventy. Follow at the Operator on Instagram. Follow that one too. At the Operator Podcast. At the Operator Podcast. Follow that one. Not restricted. But people will always say, um, and, and you know, they, I've heard it. Well, who's better? I mean, it's not like that. It's not that. It's not like that. It's, uh, they're awesome. They're good. They're good. I think the, di- I don't, wouldn't say who's better. I'd say the difference is um, who's going to take down the, the hostage rescue at sea and who's going to get the one in the airplane. I, I would say that's the difference. There is no better as far as I'm concerned. Organizationally, and I haven't been there for a while, but organization, organizationally, uh, Delta was tight, man. They had their shit together for sure. Um, we had our we had our thing, they had their thing, but I think they're both there. And 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 I'm not giving anything away by um, saying that they're there. If you remember recently, there was a picture of President Biden with some dudes in uniform. Their gear, I can't confirm who they were, and even if I could, I wouldn't. But there were dudes there that were in some gear that looked like it was operational. And uh, the initial reaction by everybody on the internet that knows more than everybody, which is all of us, said, um, how could the White House leak the identities of these guys? Now, my first reaction to that 
is, well, because that's what happens when you put a TikToker in charge of the White House's social media. Yeah, I mean, that's got to be it because they, this administration, as we've known from stolen luggage at airports and um, big manly looking female admirals, um, stuff like that, that they hire due to equity and not performance. A lot of that goes on. Um, so there, I mean, again, uh, here's me not being rude. I'm just saying, I don't think president Biden writes his own tweets. Do you, but, uh, you get someone like that. They're not going to give a shit about, uh, who's where just going to post it. And then someone reposted the picture with their faces blurred out. First of all, it's on the internet. It's out there. You got it. I mean, Part of the reason I don't run for uh, politics is because uh, if they dig up dirt on me, man, there's a closet full of skeletons. There's probably another closet behind that. If it's on the Internet, it's on the Internet, and it is what it is. Also, if I do run for politics, I am going to run as a Democrat, just so you know. You heard it here first. I will run as a Democrat because I am going to be corrupt as fuck. But... um, the, they covered their 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 noggins up with the smudgy poo, but they they didn't cover the tattoos. And then you can identify um, the, you can identify people by their tattoos. Uh, that's an identification mark too. That's part of the reason that somebody said you shouldn't get tattoos if you're blah blah blah. blah whatever. I mean, I get a, I'm getting noticed by my tattoos when I'm out in t- and like if I'm wearing long sleeves, people will say Brad Pitt is that you? And I'm like, no, it's not. And then I'll show my tattoos. Like, oh, okay, yeah, you must. Uh, you're obviously a plumber with those tattoos, you dick. But um, I mean, here's here's my my initial reaction. Is, well, who knows who's running shit for the, this administration? Who knows who's doing that? So whatever. But my second reaction is, if that is, if those are tier one shooters, why are they going to a press conference? There's gonna be cameras, don't you think? So it could have been anybody. I mean, when we when I was leaving way back in the day, um, way, way back in the day, I'm talking about sea stories, baby, salty, goat locker shit. But back in the day when I was leaving, everybody started, everyone was special. And they probably are now. Have you ever heard of that too? Special? Well, I'm in special warfare. I'm a special operation. Uh, uh, I, I'm special operation uh, forklift master. But they wouldn't call it a forklift either. They would, they would come up with a really long hyphenated word for a forklift to say how special they are. They're like the dude in Bagram when we had Bagram before we gave everything over to the Taliban and Al-Qaeda and the Uzbeks. Um, they had dudes running around giving out tickets. I got a ticket for not wearing a um, reflective belt. But he was a special operator, a roadrunner, I'm sure, or something badass with a kick-ass uh, uh, alias that he tells his friends. And good on him, man. If you can go back home and get a little strange from a rando in the parking lot because you're a spec up roadrunner fire it up dude hit hit him twice so um where the hell was i oh yeah don't be going to press conferences so i'm saying i think they're there what are they doing there i think that they are assisting for now but they do need to get in uh eventually if and the hardest part of a hostage rescue is finding the hostage and in this case there's several i don't want to say how many but there are some and where are they that's the issue because unlike Israel, where anyone, well, it used to be anyone could get in. No one could get into uh, Gaza. You need to be a, you need to be a Palestinian or something else, or you need to get approval. Even even um, some of the news stations that we send um, reporters over to, they need to 
jump through the hoops to get in to these places. So not just anybody gets in there. So you need to find out what the hostage is, all the, all the stuff and, and the miles of miles and miles of whatnot. But um, advising at first, assisting the Israelis who have a kick-ass tier one hostage rescue team. And they've got some great soldiers there too. So they're all there gearing up. That's what they're doing. And um, we are going to see where that goes. Now, I want to get into a few contingencies here because a, there's a lot more to it than just getting blasted or having a buddy blasted or a vehicle blown up or a helicopter shot down and then you just respawn uh there is something that is uh a word that sounds very very important uh, and it is but it's it's it it sounds simple sounds important but it's very complex and that's contingency what are the contingencies with what's happening what what is the butterfly effect i love the butterfly effect what is the effect on what we're doing right now and how is that going to affect everything in the future when I joined the Navy by accident in 1995, I actually joined in 95, went January 28th, 1996. But when I joined, we were pretty far away from wars. We hadn't been to war. I mean, there's always stuff going on in order to keep deterrence. And I th- deterrence is very, very important. And if there's a strong United States we will have a stable world, which is why the world right now is falling to complete shit. We do not have a strong United States because this administration is extremely weak and our nation's appetite for anything is not good. And I mean, anything that, that matters is good. Um, so when I joined, we had, I mean, there was stuff when I, I think I was a freshman in high school during the first Gulf War, which if you're not familiar, Iraq, um, invaded Kuwait because they said they were angle drilling for oil. A lot of oil, a lot of places where we go, there's oil involved. Energy is very, very important, except not right now because a lot of these politicians and professors have convinced younger people that they're going to melt if we drill. So instead of being strong and uh, having your dollar worth more and having your retirement worth more and having your home... Um, in a better position, they would rather just scare kids so they can stay elected because they're predicting the future in 100 years. Not really getting into that. But we're always going to war with energy. So the Gulf War, I mean, there was Grenada. I'm sorry, there was Panama before that. We invaded Panama. There was Grenada before that. (coughs) Obviously, there was the Vietnam conflict. Notice, too, after World War II, they stopped declaring war. They had conflicts. They had uh, Korea, Vietnam. They had um, Grenada, Panama. The first, the Gulf War... I think. But that's because uh, Saddam Hussein went into Kuwait because he said they were angle drilling, taking Iraq's oil, invaded there. And then the video started coming out. There was videos talking. This is scary. There were videos coming out talking about what the Iraqi soldiers were doing, the Kuwaiti citizens. Obviously, we got all riled up. Turned out to be false. But we went into um, to help them out. We actually went and called, before Desert Storm, it was called Desert Shield. We went Desert Shield to defend Saudi Arabia against the Iraqis. And I've mentioned that in one of my very first podcasts a year ago. Uh, that's part of the reason Al-Qaeda started to hate us because Saudi Arabia is the holy land and and um, Osama bin Laden had told the Saudis, um, bin Laden was a Saudi, he told the Saudi Arabians that he could protect them with his Mujahideen that we had helped trained to fight the Russians because that's another fight. It's always the Russians. I'm not getting into all of that right now. But we went in there. Bin Laden got pissed, if you can imagine that. And um, 
that went down. We bombed them. We freed Kuwait. We're the good guys. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Then we move on from there. So the Desert Storm, I think. Well, then there was the uh, Black Hawk down. That was Somalia. That was going after warlords in Somalia, which they're still there. We still have people in Somalia. Um, Black, Black Hawk down, I obviously wasn't there. I, I do remember that. Um, I mean, the the book, Mark Bowden, uh, the, uh, the movies, Incredible, and the warriors that were there, the heroes, the heroes that died. Um, Sugar and Gordon, the snipers, all the guys on the ground, the rangers, um, everyone that was there, crazy story. Uh, but then after that, there was really nothing. And then I joined in 1996, and the whole thing was, uh, you know, this will be cool. Um, it was it was a last minute decision to join the Navy because the Marine Corps wasn't in the office. And speaking of butterfly effect, if the Marine recruiter wasn't at Arby's, I wouldn't have children. Those the children I have. It's crazy to think about the the smallest decision you made years ago affects you now. Um, but when I got to SEAL Team Two, all there was is training for contingencies. Uh, and I mentioned the word contingency. And all that was because there's not going to be a war. There's not one in the foreseeable future because the Russian Empire collapsed. And uh, there's not going to be a war because there's no specific threat. So we're going to train with our allies in case of a war. So SEAL Team 2's area of operation, or if you're cool, you just say my AO, my footprint. A lot of cool shit said. Just going to go downrange. They used to call, they used to call Kosovo K-Town. I'm going to go downrange to K-Town. Just total dork. Um, but, uh, and we did have stuff here and there cause obviously there was a, there was some strife and some killing in, um, in Serbia, Yugoslavia used to be, um, turned into Kosovo and, and all that stuff, Bosnia, Macedonia, Montenegro, um, some ethnic cleansing, which man is a world, if we can get rid of that old ethnic cleansing, that'd be great, but we won't. Um, but, uh, I went to SEAL Team 2 because I wanted to go to Bosnia because that's a little bit of action. That's all we're going to get. But we spent most of our time training for contingencies in case of a war. So I train a lot with the special boat service and I still love them. Still, um, you know, there's a special boat service, the special air service, SAS, SBS. And SBS is kind of like Navy SEALs where they're not the golden boys, but they're awesome. They're all awesome. Um, we worked with them. They had done some stuff that uh, people get in contingencies all over the world. We trained with the Norwegian Jaegers, and I'm convinced that they're one of the best that no one's ever heard of. Um, they're awesome. The German Comstormers, I mentioned them before. I guess you got a, got a hit, hit up from Germany for mentioning them. They are great. My only issue with the German Comstormers is those fuckers will dive any time. They are not afraid of the cold. They are not afraid of going under the ice. They're not going to call it a day because the weather's bad and they will fin. And they love the turtle back. They love the turtle back. Get those. Got to get the fins in, man. You got to get your kick count down. Fuck. Uh, yeah, they're awesome. Uh, so training a lot with those special forces because of a contingency because nothing's on the horizon. Uh, then 9-11. Who saw that coming? Well, I mean, we did predict certain things because Al-Qaeda had hit the World Trade Center in 1993 before. And we know they're going to come back, but we don't know when. Kind of like now, by the way. Uh, they're, you know, they're going to come back, but when, where, how, and who knows? I mean, you never, I mean, I'm, I'm saying the Southern border, but maybe that's so wide open that they come from the Northern border. I mean, maybe we've made it so obvious with the, the, the transportation security administration, the TSA, that they're not going to hit planes that maybe they do. Maybe they find a different way. I mean, think about this. You ever consider that a lot of, cause 15 and 19 hijackers were from Saudi Arabia and they weren't, you know, they were educated dudes, 15 and 19. 
That's a lot from Saudi Arabia. So if there's a big-time rich oil guy, which they have in Saudi Arabia, if they really wanted to crash a plane into a building, why don't they just get a big private jet? They can afford those, right? Right. Stuff like that. So that happened. We didn't know it was going to happen. And that's that's what a contingency is in case. So contingencies, they can just blossom they can go outside because you gotta you want to try to what if everything you can what if it to death what if what if what if what if when we did the bin laden raid um we came up with the perfect plan that we rehearsed we came up with the chalk loads for the birds who's gonna do what and where we'd move guys around saying this makes more sense whatever and then we have the perfect plan and then we rehearse the perfect plan over and over and over and then from there okay what if what if what if what if what if this happens? What if this happens? <laughs> uh, and I, again, not the tactics, but you're trying to what if, what if. Um, and I remember even uh, one night, and I've mentioned this before, like a Wednesday when we're training for Wednesday night, and we'd been working all day. Now we're around a model of the thing. And uh, the boss said, all right, what's the worst thing that could happen? And the youngest guy in the room said, the helicopter could crash in the front yard. So shouldn't we talk about that for 30 seconds? That's a what if, and that happened. That's exactly what happened. So we try to what if it, and um, you know we we had been aware. Here's here's my problem. You want a deterrence and you want a military. What you do not want to do is overextend yourself. Don't get to a spot where you're running out of your assets, because then you might get your ass kicked. So we um, we have overextended ourselves at this point. We overextended ourselves on the Bin Laden raid. We didn't. I mean, ideally, we had we would have had more guys than we had. We had 23 guys on the ground, but you're going to run out of them, which we did. Um, now, though, we weren't, you know, we knew about Hamas. We kind of blew it off because we got complacent and complacency kills. Well, the Middle East is pretty stable. And people have been giving President Biden and this administration some shit about that. I mean, it was pretty stable. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you should know about it and we should know they're going to do this. But they, they came at a time we didn't expect, right? And that didn't get what if to death. And there's arguments about what about the security? That's one of the most secure borders in the world. Why did they get through? Why were they there for so long? They had six hours in there. Who was coming in with them? Stuff like that. But um, if you overextend like we're doing now, I mean, one of our overextensions as a nation is we're paying too many nations too many too much money, too many billions of dollars, billions of dollars to countries that hate us. You think Pakistan likes us? You think Egypt likes us? Jordan likes us? We're giving money to everybody because that's the answer. We're overextending. Here's my biggest gripe with Ukraine. Well, my second biggest gripe, obviously I hate that innocent people are getting killed, which they are. I hate that Vladimir Putin invaded, which he did. Um, Ukraine needs to defend themselves, which they are. I just hate that we're paying for it as the United States when other countries aren't helping. Ukraine is not a NATO country. We are overextending. We're, we're, and that's everything from troops to assets to bombs. Look at the, look at the munitions that we have in our 155s. Pretty much depleted. We're giving tanks. They're, they're over there. We're overextending because we can always rebuild them more. The problem is, what if the reality smacks you in the face like it always does right now? Now we're, we, 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 we're pumping money into Ukraine. Everything's in Ukraine. It's a money laundering scheme that we shouldn't be there. It's a bad idea. Yeah, we should maybe defend them, but th th that's a European problem. Step up, Europe. That's a good shirt. Step up, Europe. Um... But now, okay, so now, I mean, you got to figure with another contingency. What if we send, uh, we got battle groups, battle groups of carriers over there, and we're moving into the Med, too. Uh, Israel's taking ships down into the Red Sea. Another issue, too, is that um, this is not going to be 
just Hamas? You think Al-Qaeda is not in there right now? Do you think there are not foreign fighters from Libya in those tunnels right now? Do you think that Hezbollah, who is basically Iran, did not just declare war on everybody? Do you think Syria is not going to get involved? Every radical over there is going to get involved. And the problem is that's when you need your deterrent to pipe them down. Iran, who is backing everything, is not deterred by anything. They're not afraid of anybody. They certainly are not afraid of this administration. Why? I'm not even going to say why. You, you, just, you just sit back and think about, would you be afraid of this administration? No. I mean, I, would, I, I should be afraid of this administration because I'm a straight white male. But it always comes back to certain things, open border, um, too many people, your money being worth less than it is, the dollar collapsing, <laughs> the economy collapsing. We are on the brink of an economic meltdown that's threatening your savings and retirement. Inflation has surged to a 40-year high. You're, you budget carefully, but every uh, trip to the grocery store feels like a wallet-pinching experience. Gasoline prices have doubled since 2020. And your monthly bills are escalating. Inflation is an evil force that eats away your purchasing power and ultimately your ability to save for retirement, which is very important. We all want to retire. Do not let this happen to you. I'm telling you, protect your retirement. With my friends at Allegiance Gold, Alex, Mark, and the team will take the time to help you understand your options and make the best decision for your future. Whether your goal is to own physical gold or protect your IRA or 401k, the professionals at Allegiance Gold are ready to help. They've earned the highest trust ratings in the precious metals industry and have built relationships based on integrity, expertise, and impeccable service. So go to protectwiththeoperator.com. Protectwiththeoperator.com. Go there today or call Allegiance Gold at 844-790-9191. If you do that... Call 844-790-9191 and get up to $5,000 in free silver on a qualifying purchase. Do not wait. You can protect your future now. Do it with Allegiance Gold. I'm being serious. Go to protectwiththeoperator.com or call 844-790-9191. Go check out Allegiance Gold. But I'm not trying to get all doom and gloom, but you got to be realistic. You got to tell the truth to yourself sometimes. I think the unthinkable might just be here. You see it overseas. Middle East is coming across our border. I've been mentioning that all day. The media tries to distract you, and some people never saw it coming. Still don't see it coming. I think I did. I think you should, too. My gut told me something was wrong, and uh, I'm being proven right. And I want you to pay attention, too. Our so-called trusted institutions tell us all not to worry. Everything's going to be fine, but you should know better, especially if you listen to this podcast. I'm trying to tell you better. Self-reliance doesn't happen overnight. You have to start somewhere. I highly recommend you start with My Patriot Supply. Check out My Patriot Supply. It's the country's largest preparedness company, and it's more than equipped to stock your shelves. You need to get emergency food to have it. Ditch the canned vegetables and boxed pasta get their best-selling three-month food kit it provides delicious breakfasts lunches and dinners and it lasts up to 25 years have it there sitting for 25 years you have your emergency food and it is delicious these meals offer over 2,000 calories every single day with a balance of protein and carbs it keeps you fed and ready in the event of an emergency and we see that that happens fast just add water heat you're all ready to eat start or 
strengthen your food supply with the three-month food kit from My Patriot Supply. This website is very simple. Go to preparewithrob.com. Go check out preparewithrob.com. I did it. My family did it. They checked it out. It's so easy. Order now uh, for fast and free shipping. I sent it to Montana, to my family everywhere. Go to preparewithrob.com. Check out My Patriot Supply. Get your food. Keep it safe. But that is not my biggest concern. And I, I, and if I was really worried about, look at me, I'm a poor, straight, white man or whatever, uh, that would be playing a victim and I don't want to play a victim, even though I think I could. Because if you look at that new flag, because they started with the rainbow flag, the pride flag, and it kept going and going and there's every single color on there and it's that triangle thing. The only, I think the only color not on there is the, is the white one. Maybe, maybe not. If I'm wrong, tell me. I'm not trying to be a victim, and I'm just doing a little tongue-in-cheeky here. And if, if I'm wrong, tell me on Instagram at Mikuya. At Mikuya, Amazon Mike, C-H-O-O-Y-A-H on Instagram. Go to at The Operator Podcast. That's a much better one, too, because, like I said, it's not restricted. But um, it just uh, what concerns me is the contingencies, where we're at, and where our priorities are. Are we teaching our people the right stuff? I mean, the issue with the helicopter parenting, the whole, uh, um, it's so much easier for you. And again, that's that's what uh, every generation has said, that every BUDS class, SEAL training class has said that mine was less hard class. Back in my day, we used to blah, blah, blah. And the response nowadays too, and at first I didn't care for it, but now I like it because it's not the actual literal meaning when they say, okay, boomer. It's actually kind of funny to me now because that'll shut people down. Even though I think a boomer uh, as a baby boomer who'd be in their 70s. I'm not a boomer. I'm Generation X mofo. But um, yeah, but just looking looking at stuff that's happening right now, and like I was saying earlier about the problems that... Not... Per, well, the, the bad ideas that were put out on campaign trails and political nonsense because they sound great, which they do. Everybody gets a free thing. The only one who does that is Oprah. But I, there was a quote that I read that says... Um, uh, Winston Churchill, who's the king of quotes, too. I, I usually have a, a Winston Churchill book of quotes. He has great ones. But he said, Americans will always do the right thing after having exhausted all the alternatives. That's brilliant if you think about it, too. Well, we'll do the right thing eventually after we fuck it up. Always. But I mean, we've had, I mean, some of the stuff that's tampering us down right now are a lot of the uh, income inequality stuff. Um, getting away from um, winning. Getting away from competition. Competition uh, is hated by Marxists. Marxists don't like competition. They don't like the truth either. But the truth uh, always comes out in time. They work, truth and time work together. Um, trying to end fossil fuels. Trying to stop the drilling. Listening to the loud people that really don't know what they're talking about because they were told by either big bank or politicians or both. You know everything to the vaccines that. Some major investors were, were um, major shareholders in a lot of those things they were pumping into us. And the ideas of where they came from, why you can't say one thing, why you can't say the other, blah, 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 and why you get shut down on social media, whatever. But uh, I mentioned the borders because I think that's a problem for us in a lot, for a lot of different reasons. The, the, the migration crisis that's happening is because of political promises. Um. Donald Trump was elected because of build the wall. And I've mentioned before, you're not going to build a wall that long. But it's more of the um, 
ideology of building a wall and having the policies that don't entice people to come here. And you'll hear the arguments too, and I agree with this, if you can assist getting um, uh, better living conditions in different countries, especially in the Western world, that might help. Maybe, maybe not, but we're not even really doing that well. A prime example is like, we'll shut down our oil consumption to keep a cleaner planet, but we'll take it from Venezuela, which is some of the dirtiest oil on the planet. Same planet, right? Open your eyes. We have the cleanest, but let's shut it down. Venezuela will be better. You'll thank us later, polar bears. Bears, But I mean, th- just some of the hypocrisy. I'm trying to look at my notes. I always screw this up. But even Hillary Clinton said something about, well, we'll not, we won't build a wall. We will build an economy where we can be successful. Cool. Or they'll say, we won't build a wall. We'll build a bridge. All right. And that was a lot of the thing from, you know, it was like the right was build the wall. The left was walls are racist. Everything's racist. Um, sexist. Whatever the hell. Um Eric Adams came out, the mayor of New York. I bring up New York a lot because it seems like they're in the, um, they're always in the news. Um, at, like Mayor Eric Adams, when he was campaigning for the mayor of New York, he promised that New York would remain a sanctuary city under an Adams administration. He said in 2021, we should protect our immigrants, period. Um, as the mayor of New York, I have to provide services to families that are here, and that's what we're going to do. Our responsibility as a city, and I'm proud that this is a right-to-shelter state, the only state, by the way, a right-to-shelter state, and we're going to continue that. But they're crossing illegally. We've had 10 million cross since President Biden was elected, um, elected with an asterisk. Um, but the buses kept coming a year later. Now he's pleading for federal aid, pleading for state aid, and he's trying to shut it down. Um, the right to he, he wants to suspend the right to shelter policy as the city is struggling to find rooms for the 110,000 asylum seekers who have arrived as of that was spring of 2022 I don't even know how many are coming right now but uh, this May he made major changes to the 40 year old right to shelter that guarantees a bed for anyone who needs it in the city doesn't that sound great though you show up we'll get you a bed for anyone and now his government is asking for federal aid to help deal with the surge of migrants that he now says could destroy America as we know it. In July of this year, that's a couple months ago, so I'm just saying this this is a little bit dated. Uh, he told migrants the city was out of room. New York's out of room. And uh, he he wanted to deliver uh, distribute flyers across the Mexican border saying, um, consider another city. You're asking the criminals to change their behavior. Think about that. Hey, can you just rob another store? That, I mean, that's what they're doing. That, that's the thing. And then they're asking. The, the issue is once they start getting to um, to giving that money away and we don't have it as a New York as a city doesn't have it and the state doesn't have it, the federal government does, guess whose money that is? That's right. That's yours. Um, and this is, might be some older information, but I'm reading here. There are now nearly 60,000 migrants in the city's care with about 21,000 new migrant children starting school right now. So that's this year. And uh, the schools are forced to turn them away. So um, the problem is only getting worse. He's saying right here that we're getting 10,000 migrants a month. Now we're getting people in from all over the globe who have made up their minds they're going to come through the southern part of the border and... uh, Chill out in New York City. Now, why do you think they're coming from all around the globe? Is it because we need to build build a wall across the oceans? 
or is it because the policies are bringing them here? Another question too is um, who's how are they getting here? If we're getting them from all over the globe, we're getting them, a lot of dudes from Africa, a lot of dudes from the Middle East, shit ton of dudes from Asia. Who's bringing them here? Who's bringing them to, to South and Central America and Mexico? That's a good one to ask. Who's doing that? Who's responsible? I'm actually, I, I picked up a tweet from uh, October 20th, 2021. I'm just pointing out hypocrisy here. Here's a tweet from at Eric Adams for NYC. We should protect our immigrants, period. Yes, New York City will remain a sanctuary city under an Adams administration. Hashtag Eric on NBC. 7.30 p.m. October 20th, 2021. And then here's a quote recently. It says, let me tell you something, New Yorkers. Never in my life have I had a problem that I did not see an ending to. I don't see an ending to this. This issue will destroy New York City. And he repeated, destroy New York City. Now, you see on the campaign trail, he said one thing, but now he's admitting that uh, it's catching up to him. Despite Mayor Adams' cries for help from the state and federal government, the city has not yet received aid. Again, this could be dated. So um, that's $4.7 billion to come from the city's budget. That amount equals to the budgets of the city's sanitation, fire, and park departments combined. And guess what? Those buses... They keep coming. So these people are coming because of the policy, not become of the wall. The wall, Again, build the wall was, uh, in theory, sounds great. Just like lock her up. That sounds great. Never going to happen. <clears throat> um, but if, you, if you've seen in New York, if you've not been there, I still love New York, but it's tough. Um, they're not saying how many hotel rooms have been designated for migrants, but there's people in the industry. I mentioned I've been to uh, di- uh, uh, dinner the other night with hospitality-type folks, and the experts are saying they believe it's as many as 10,000 rooms. That's a lot of hotel rooms. That's a lot of service from the maids who actually have a job. That's a lot of that's a lot of cleaning up. And a lot of these people that get free rooms that are from third world countries, do you think they're treating that stuff well? Or are they out there having a good time? The Roosevelt Hotel, Paul Hotel, and Paramount Hotel are among the hotels designated for migrants in Manhattan. And here's one. I'm reading from an article here. I don't want to say which newspaper, but it's one of them. It says, long lines of migrants, mostly men from Africa. They're now seen outside of these storied locations. A lot of these dudes came to this country. They weren't sure where they were going to go, but staying in New York, um, it has so much more to offer because of that uh, shelter by law thing. A lot of them, have arrived without even knowing where they are. Some of them thought they were going to go to Florida, even with Governor DeSantis there sometimes. Um, Florida is a little different than New York. If you've been to either, I would recommend Florida for a lot of reasons. The beaches are a little bit nicer. There's some, actually some nice beaches in New York, though. No kidding. In the summertime. Don't don't mess with that shit in the, uh, in the winter. The, the German calm swimmers would. They would do two dives a day every day. So the federal government has, uh, so far, federal government, that's you, has promised, unless you live in New York, then that's a, a city, state, county, federal, whatever, The when the government shows up to take money from you, thief from your, is thief a word? Steal from your check. But the federal government so far has promised to the city $140 million to help, uh, although the city hasn't received any of that yet because the government's good for it, though. They're good for it. They'll show up. And when they do, they'll audit themselves. They don't audit themselves, but they hire shit ton of IRS agents to audit you. Um, let's see what it says here. New York officials have been sounding the alarm for months over the inability, um, blah, blah, blah. And there's cautions that this will cost the city in the region 
of $12 billion in just three years. This is fascinating. I'm, I'm actually kind of going through um, just articles I've managed to highlight. Um, that You know, even in, and this isn't just New York. I, I mentioned New York quite a bit, but uh, even around the country, there were residents. In, and have you seen a lot of the residents near the Chicago area? Obviously, they're um, upset with the crime because there's mass shootings every weekend. They don't mention those because it doesn't fit the narrative, uh, AR-15 style. You know, they're more... because. They want to punish legal owning AR-15, uh, legal residents with legal guns. They want to punish them instead of like the AK-47s and the MAC-10s that aren't legal. They kill a lot of people. But in Chicago, they don't like that. Democrat city. Um, residents were stunned to find that a police pre- precinct had been turned into a homeless shelter. That was this uh, spring, late spring, early summer. Um, and here's another fun fact, just dripping back over, speaking of drip. Back over to New York, Eric Adams has blamed all of this um, for the rise in prostitution in a Queens neighborhood in particular. In particular, an influx of female Venezuelan migrants who are struggling to find other work in the Big Apple. The surge in illegal activity taking place on street cust- uh, street corners in Corona is just one example of how the nation's ongoing migrant crisis is crippling the city. And it's unclear, too. you got to figure, getting into Venezuelan street workers and whatnot, um, uh, I mean, are they having trouble finding work? Yeah. I mean, is it better there? Maybe. Who knows? But, I mean, who's being trafficked, too? You get into sex trafficking. That's happening. Not just uh, bad guys coming across. Sex trafficking by bad guys. Um, are they doing it of their own free will? It's um, a lot of questions you got to ask yourself. And uh, it's spiraling out of control. It's affecting the city. And this is where you start to realize some of the ideas that I campaigned on uh, were not so good. There, there are re- residents, too. Again, I'm just kind of skimming here that it's going, uh, it's overt during the day. It's even worse at night. And it looks like one of those red light districts. Some people were saying that it's tripled in recent months, and it reminds him of places in Bangkok, Thailand, but probably not as clean. And they said you have Chinese and Colombians out there, but it's mostly Venezuelans. Um, and it's, you know, started recently, but it's getting bad. An influx of women working the streets late. And, uh, you know, is it just asylum seekers or what's going on? This is all the stuff that's floating into this country because of open borders, because of bad campaign promises. They're seeing, like I said, um, th- I'm just reading quotes now. The reason I'm skimming through this is they're seeing uh, more Chinese uh, on Roosevelt Avenue. So you got all kinds of different prostitutes. And it's affecting the local economies. You got families that live there. They don't necessarily want to go there. Um, and this is a great quote too. Somebody said, "This is where idealism collides with realism," and that's a great quote too. And there's other issues with the illegal sex work, not to mention the prostituting, the sex trafficking. But there's STDs um, and violence. You got pimps that are cool on movies, not so cool in real life. You get into the drug trade, blah blah blah. They're saying now finally that this is all um, due to the open borders. One issue. So that's Manhattan. I, when I was in New York at one of the things too, I talked to some teachers that were in Westchester. And Westchester is, uh, it's a nicer place. I mean, like everywhere in the country, they got good, they got bad. But these teachers were saying one of the issues they're having, especially this year, even right now, the year started a little bit ago, they're saying they're like these, they can't even tell what age they are, but they're guessing 19 to 20 year old dudes showing up with no papers, nothing. They can't speak English. And they're just showing up and they're, they're putting them in like ninth grade. 
So you got these mustache having beard wearing dudes that don't speak English and the administration is telling them, um, just teach them something and we'll figure it out. And then look over like in Oregon, I think it's Oregon where they're saying you don't even need basic skills to graduate. Like we needed that back in the day. Even when I graduated the last hard class in Butte, Montana from Butte Central Catholic High School. But um, they're providing emergency shelters for people. They're trying to – we haven't – like, think of this. Think of the, the migrants coming to Philadelphia, coming to New York, Albany, New York. Um, they're going to, uh, like, Buffalo, Philly, um, Chicago. We haven't even hit winter yet. And they're struggling to find places. They're going to freeze to death on this stuff. Where do you put them? They're saying it's going to cost, uh, here's another estimate, uh, over $12 billion over the next few years. And that's a lot of money, too. We've we've mentioned this before, but we're spending so much money, throwing so many billions of dollars at different countries for different wars, because you got to launder that shit somewhere, that even the, the term a billion doesn't mean that much to us. We're only giving them $2 billion, or $1.5 billion to Egypt every year, $1.25 five billion to whomever or and i'm just pulling that out of my ass but let's just let's just recap how much that is let's and and i'm doing some math here and i graduated from butte central my mom is a math teacher so i'm assuming i'm right now so i have a calculator like the rest of us that have iphones i don't know what you android people have but for iphones we got calculator so let's assume you're counting at a rate of one per second and how long is it going to take you? We're going to do a million first. So one per second, there's 60 um, seconds in a minute, 60 minutes in an hour. So 24 hours in a day. So 60 times 60 times 24 is 86,400 seconds counted in 24 hours without sleep, without eating, just counting. So 86,400 divided by, I think, by 1 million. We're saying to count to a million would take you 11 days, 13 hours, 46 minutes and 40 seconds. Mom, check my math on that. That's a long time to go without eating. You might need to take an eating break. Now, that's a lot. Just under 12 days to count to a million. How to count to a billion or um, a billion. Here's where it gets fun. A billion is a thousand millions. That's cool, man. Being a billionaire, you got no problems. Thousand millions. um, Therefore, a billion. Is that nine zeros? Oh, yeah, <laughs> nine zeros. Uh, so we're going to say again, if you're counting in perfect rhythm, not stopping to talk, I'm looking at my wife, keep talking, not stopping to sleep, not basically just being alive to count to a billion, one a second would take you 31 years, 251 days, six hours, 50 minutes and 46 seconds. So just under 32 years to count to a billion. So we add three more zeros. We're talking a trillion. How long is it going to take us to count to a trillion? I've seen that question. Can you count to a trillion in your lifetime? And we owe, we're like 32 trillion in debt, 33 trillion in debt. Doesn't even matter anymore. What's the interest in, on that shit? But we're going to do the math quick one more time just to give you an idea because this is not just, because uh, we're throwing money at every problem. You notice that. When people cross the border legal, that's a problem. We got to do all this stuff. We're not, I mean, something, a couple billion would end homelessness. But not our concern. I can maybe pump a billion into 
Just give any vet who's having a tough time with PTSD that can't get into the VA, give him a billion bucks. He'll solve that shit. Watch. He or she will solve that shit. I try to be politically correct, even though that is one of the downfalls of a lot of great shit that happened. But to count to a trillion, <clears throat> we said again, there's 60 seconds and a minute, 60 minutes and an hour. So we did the math before. 60 times 60 is 3,600 in an hour. There are 24 hours a day. Blah, blah, blah. We already talked 86,400 in one day. 365 days a year. So that math is 24 times 60 times 60 times 365 is uh, 31,536,000 a year. So to count to a trillion dollars, simply divide 1 trillion by that. One trillion divided by thirty-one million five hundred thirty-six thousand, and you have a simple, um, simple little solution there. That's thirty-one thousand seven hundred nine, seven hundred ten years. Thirty-one thousand seven hundred ten years. I added. I I went up because every four years you you have a half a day every year. Every four years you get a day. So we're saying to count to a trillion is going to take you. 31,710 years. The answer is no. You can't count that in your lifetime. But that was fun. A little bit of math there just to try to keep it real, as the kids used to say. I know we used to say that. Uh, yeah, but I'm concerned. The open borders, obviously concerning. Um, the money we're spending is concerning. I don't like overextending ourselves, not taking our contingencies seriously and because of the stuff with the politicians. Uh, decisions they make where they're sending people, troops, and money. We're overextending, spending too much, making the dollar worth less, making your spending power less, and the political chickens coming home to roost really can concern me. I, I mentioned the same cities, too. I'm not trying to pick on everybody, but some of these places that are so uh, stuck in the swamp, if you will, of the political dynamics the first part they're seeing is the migrant crisis and all the illegal people, mostly dudes, fighting age dudes. I've heard weird contingencies about everybody from um, just just um, maybe they're racking up an army for votes. Maybe they're racking up an army to fight the Chinese in uh, World War Three, stuff like that that we can get into. If you want to hear about stuff like that, too, conspiracy theories, I'm all ears. I like conspiracies and shit like that to hear what people are thinking because everything's a conspiracy till it happens. Everything's false till it happens. Uh, once you get smacked in the face with reality, a prime example, too, is um, not picking on Chicago. Love Chicago. My favorite hotel's there, actually. The, the, uh, the Trump Hotel on the river in Chicago is my favorite hotel to stand. I love that place. Uh, they know I don't give a shit what side of the aisle you're on. They know how to do hotels. No doubt about it. But uh, in Chicago, they're, they're, uh, because of the migrant crisis, they're trying to find money so that they can create emergency task forces. I love when they create task forces or coalitions because you know the government's working when they're creating more government. They want to address the crisis as more migrants and migrant families uh, move their way into the suburbs. They're into the city, but now they're moving out to the burbs. You're seeing it everywhere. They're, you know what they do when they move to the suburbs? Now they're enrolling in your schools taking your emergency medical services. And what are the city advocates in these emergency task force saying? Well, um, you just all need to pay your fair share. That's another one, too. We just pay. You're starting to pay your fair share, and you're going to start to notice in your hometown. You always hear that. The rich need to pay their fair share, and we'll handle this. That's bullshit, first of all, because the top 1% pays more in income tax than anyone else, obviously. 52% or some shit. I don't have the number in front of me. 
But it's fun to say that for most people because they're not in the top 1%. If they were, they would be singing a different tune because their hard-earned money's getting used on bullshit. But they're not, so it's not their problem until it is. And now you're seeing it. And now it's not so much fun to... Well, you need to take these non-English-speaking 20-year-old ninth graders with mustaches and kids of their own because you just need to pay your fair share. Well, the political uh, roosters or chickens or whomever, someone's roosting, something's doing something, another animal analogy or whatever. But eventually, it is just a huge uh, shit sandwich, and we're all going to have to take a bite. What's one of those things? What's the best way to eat a shit sandwich? As fast as you can. (laughs) Just... Misery loves company. But if we all take a bite of the shit sandwich and if you just pay your fair share, you're never out of the fight.